welcome to Backstage at Brick, your friendly neighborhood podcast all about what's going on in the performing arts department at Brick, on stage, backstage, behind the scenes, and everything in between. I am your host, BJ Evans, and I am here today with a very special guest and a very special episode. My guest today is Nydia Medina from Theater for a New Audience, the associate producer. Hello, Nydia. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you, BJ? I'm good. And did I get your title right, associate producer? Yep, you got it. Wonderful. So we normally, um, on Backstage at Brick, we talk to people at Brick. We talk to artists who are affiliated with Brick. But today we are branching out and Theater for a New Audience, which is a producing theater company right across the street from us in downtown Brooklyn, is part of the Downtown Brooklyn Arts Alliance. And so I thought it would be really fun to branch out and talk to some of my colleagues outside of Brick, and especially since I get so many questions about what I do as a senior producer for performing arts at Brick, I thought it would be more fun to talk to another producer and find out what they do rather than me and other producers as well. So so this is a like mini-series within Backstage at Brick, talking to producers in the performing arts. It is the biggest question I get, the biggest thing that people want to know about is what do we do, how do we do it, how do we get there, how do you learn it, and Nydia has the answers. Great. Yeah. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, I don't know if you realize that I was billing it as you having all the answers, but that is... That's like how I'm going to build this episode. I think that's fine as long as we all understand that my answers may be incorrect. Got it. At times. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. Backstage at break, Ninia Medina, who has all the answers, which may be incorrect. <laughs> yeah. I think that's right. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So you are associate producer at Theater for a New Audience. Mm-hmm. I would love to begin with, what does that mean? What do you do? What do you actually do? What do I do? Good question. Um, so I think what's interesting when you were just saying, like, people have that question about what my, what producing it, what do I, what is that I do? Every theater and every organization that has producing, I think it means something a little different in Mm. every single place. Mm. Um, it's mostly the same, but depending on how the institution is organized, it can be different. Uh, the interesting thing about Tifana is it's, has this big beautiful building it's so pretty yeah it's really pretty and there's light coming in which is not usual for a theater so that's exciting that we all get to see the sun sometimes um but but like it's not you might think it's run by a hundred people because it looks like such a big giant place yeah it's really run by about 20 ish full-time staff of which i'm the producer um so what it means at Tafana to be associate producer is really, uh, well, our organization is run by Jeffrey Horowitz. He's the artistic director, the founding artistic director, oh, wow. which also has a whole meaning to it. You know, when an artistic director is the one who founded the place, and that is like a level of this person built the whole thing from yeah. the ground up, and they were doing it all at some point, you yeah. know? So they have a certain ownership and hold on like how things run that a later artistic director might not. Hmm. Um, so Jeffrey really is involved in a lot of the producing and in still very hands-on ways. And my job is to, just like any producer, make the shows happen. But that, uh, for an associate producer in most places, also means like working closely with the artistic director to talk through um, season planning, to figure out what shows are coming up, to have meetings with artists and the artistic director or alone, to 
to go, oh yeah, we're going to do a show with you. Let's figure out what you need. Let's figure out if we need a workshop first. Let's figure out blah, blah, blah. Um, our, the general manager has a big hand too in the operations of the theater. So the associate producer is working really closely with the general manager and other higher level people in the organization to just like make sure the numbers are all right. <laughs> and so in Tafana, um, I am looking at all of the budgets for the shows and working with the general manager and our production manager to make sure the shows are on budget. Got it. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Right. Right. Yes. Um, That's the dream. The dream. To be on That's budget. the goal. And always. to satisfy all the artistic vision at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of emotional labor involved in producing, mm. too, especially with art and yeah. theater yeah. is so full of feelings. So, a lot of it, too, is like, being with the artists and the artistic director and kind of knowing what the artistic vision is and then going, ah, we have to have this conversation because like we just cannot afford this set. So how are we going to get what's most important to you, but still um, keep the doors open because we're not like yeah. <laughs> totally going yeah. over budget in a way that's detrimental to the institution. Right. Um, so it's got that like half business brain, half art brain, which was the thing that I think kind of made me go okay yes I'm I'm a producer I'll, I'll do the thing really because I do love both sides and at Tafana that's <clears throat> a big part of it actually the other part of my title is and director of the studio oh I apologize no, no I just remembered myself oh great <laughs> um the studio being like the R&D wing Ooh, so okay. it might be um artists that we're building a relationship with that we imagine we may produce one day, not necessarily the project we're working on, but maybe that artist. Um, or we just want a test kitchen and like have this person in that we really love be able to like work on a project and not worry about if it's going to be on the stage so much as just like go through the process, figure out if that's the right thing, move on to another thing. Um, what's another part of it? I mean, I really feel like just saying making the thing happen is it doesn't it's like the most <laughs> the most accurate but vague description really of what is. the producer does so do all things flow through you if a decision is made about when the it, show does it come to you first um i think because we're such a small staff uh it sort of comes to the people who work on the show at the same time gotcha um or if it does come to me which of course like most of it would, then I'm probably going to loop in pretty quickly our production manager and our general manager because I don't like, and none of us really like for the others to not know yeah. all the things. Yeah. Um, because when you're an associate producer, and you maybe you probably also feel this way, like when you're in an institution producing, then when you're talking a lot of the time, you're talking for the institution. And I always err on the side for the most part of being like, do we agree that this is what I, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that this is what we want to say in this moment? You know, there are things that I can easily do. I can easily have artistic conversations. I, you know, like I can easily like hear what an artist is thinking and, and, or be like, this thing is over budget. But when it gets to all those gray areas or like a very, a very tricky conversation, you know, I like to make sure that everybody's aligned before I go out and make some statements right that will be taken as like the word of Tafana right which is another part of the job because you're constantly representing 
yeah. Stefana. Yeah. All the time. Of course. And even you probably feel that way about brick. Constantly. Even, everywhere. And I'm sure this is you too. Everywhere you go. If I go see a show, even if it's just personally for me, people yeah. still see, know who I'm attached to. Yeah. Like, it never goes away. And even when I was um, a line producer at The Public, it was still like, you know, you're a producer at The Public. And it's like, yeah, but I'm like a line producer, you know, so I'm just like making the show happen. I'm like a sous chef here, (laughs) (laughs) just like getting everything, getting everything going. And not to say that um, I didn't have like an artistic voice in the conversation, but anywhere it's like, I don't know, we all we all have our own artistic opinions, but that kind of having the institution and having the title of producer does tend to like make people think certain things about what you're like capable of doing at any given moment. Right. And sometimes like there are things that you can do and there are doors you can open and there are like connections you can make because people come to you. You can like go, you know what? I'm not the right person, but you know who is this Mm -hmm. person, which is like a secondary part that's not necessarily part of being Tafana's associate producer so much as just like a producer and artist in the New York theater community. Sure. So what would be, because I love that you made that distinction of line producer versus associate producer. Do you feel like there is a distinction between those things and what are they in theory and in practice? I think it depends on the organization. Yeah, it always comes down to that, yeah. But um, I left my position at the public to be a an associate producer here to be able to have um, higher level responsibilities um, to be directly working with the more senior, you know, like to be more senior in an organization and be making active choices around how this institution is going to, especially around how they're going to spend their money and how we're going to physically make this happen. Um, I think in general, you know, it depends on the size of the organization, what, an associate producer is doing but they still typically are in the trenches you know producing shows they might have some people helping them they might not in our organization it's not big enough that we really need anyone I can do it it's not that many shows um and it's at least for now like I feel good about that I feel good about being able to like really work on things I mean like I'm tired during tech (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not getting any younger. So at some point I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm done with tech now. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to be done with tech. Yeah. Um, but for now I'm still, I'm still happy to be a part of it. But to be like able to produce the shows and not be like, okay, I'm going to go talk to um, my boss, the associate producer, you know, right. <laughs> to like make right. this big giant decision, but instead right. to be like, yeah, I think we can do that. Or, you know, to make, to be in the room making those big decisions with the other key stakeholders in the institution is what, to me, an associate producer sure. is a part of. Rather than being like, hey, would you please ask this question at that meeting that yes. I won't be at, but I need an answer for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so I'm glad you said that about the like tech is tiring and you're not getting younger because <laughs> Um, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of my colleagues in the biz, like, I feel like amongst a few of them, certainly not everybody, there's a little bit of a crisis happening amongst a few of just like, um, exhaustion Mm -hmm. and, um, overworked and, you know, oftentimes underpaid Mm -hmm. and many times underappreciated and over 
like the expectations maybe being more than they should be for one human being. Mm -hmm. The time commitment, like you said, during tech is very exhausting. Um, You know, I know that you're really happy at Tafana. We've talked in the past about how much you love it there. So like knowing that you love your job and you love the company, (laughs) but how do you feel about producing as a thing long term for you? That's a great question. I mean, like, I think it kind of goes back to the fact that I never really intended to be a producer, which okay. is often people's stories about how they got there. Um, there are some people out there, and I've met a few, who always wanted to do that. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that was a thing. I was just doing it and didn't <laughs> know I was doing it. And then it was like, you're a producer. And I was like, but why would I want to do that? That's a thankless job, and it's a lot of work. Um, and, I, and here you are. <laughs> and I still agree that it's a thankless job, and it's a lot of work. But, like, I'm getting paid for it now, so I'm like, all right, that's fine. Sure, yeah. Um, do I think I'll do this forever? I don't know. I've I've found that if I try to make a plan, uh, it's not ever going to stick. So I imagine based on my history of going over here and doing this thing for a little while and then like going over here and, and taking those skills and morphing into this version of myself, that like I'm never not going to be able to produce or be producing in some capacity or be using those skills like in some constructive way in whatever I'm doing. But I kind of hope that I don't always have the title producer because it is very tiring. Yeah. (laughs) I I can't imagine that I'm not always going to be a producer at this point. But I would love to just continue growing and see where that goes. Um, I've always considered myself to be an artist and there are people who specifically call themselves artistic producers and um, and I think that's cool. I, it's never what quite. Does that mean? It's never quite felt right for me. Well, I think it's just about saying specifically. Sometimes people think that producers are just these like nuts and bolts logistics people. I see. And that um, people, especially if you call yourself an artistic producer, I think you're trying to just make the distinction that like, hi, I'm also an artist. As I'm part of this artistic creative process, not just making sure like the money gets spent in the right way. And I definitely agree with that and feel that way. I've just never quite like, it's never quite been the right title for me. Um, Probably some of my friends are going to be like, you asshole, why would you ever say that? But it's just, I don't know, it's just never quite been the right title. But I like, I think it's a very clear indicator that like being a producer is an artistic position. Um, And some people just want that to be really clear. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to continue to create very actively and to be my artist self as well as my producer self. But I just want to, like, keep growing into that more. So whether that's happening at Tefana or while I'm at Tefana, but separately, mm-hmm. um, I think that's just, like, my current interest. Sure. You know? Is there something specific that's grabbing you and leading you creatively or artistically to explore something specific? Or is there, can you envision what that might look like? I think that um, lately what it's really meant and, and the other reason that like leaving a place with quite so much workload was important to me was just being able to go back <laughs> to some conversations I had been having before I was a line producer at the public, yeah. you know, like being able to be with collaborators that I've always worked with and start working on some new plays, like maybe write again or something or just like talking to 
some of my friends who have now all of a sudden become artistic directors and talk about some shows that are really cool and just have discussions about art and just see what happens from them because you just never know. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really have like strong, I think I'm just like in that kind of place of just, I just want to like give myself space to like be creative and create things and, and also like discuss and be actively a part of the New York theater scene in a, in a more real way. Um, and talk to more of the brilliant people I know and figure out what we want to make happen. Yeah. Um, and not just in an institution or maybe, maybe involving institutions, but just trying to like create the opportunities and access and, and work that we want to see. So I'm not sure yet. Well, whatever that is, sounds awesome. Cool. I went in. All right. Call me. No props. Okay. So you said earlier, the other question I get um, about producing is like, how do you learn how to do it? How do you become one? And you said earlier that you hadn't intended to be Mm -hmm. that. It wasn't something you set out to do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, especially for the people who think that they really actually do want to do this. Mm-hmm. They're intentionally setting out to do this. Yeah. How did you learn? What? How did you get trained? Uh, is there a, I don't know of one, but is there an MFA in producing? Well, Maybe think, there is. I think probably arts administration programs here and there would be the best way to get that. But I don't even know because I didn't mean to do it. Right. <laughs> um, I think like for me and for a, a lot of people, you... Let's see. What did I do? I just like had been producing without realizing it. You know, mm-hmm. like my undergrad experience at Emerson. I went to Emerson College, everybody. Hey, Emerson, um, shout out. And that's in Boston. That's <laughs> not in Georgia. In Georgia, it's Emory University. But the whole thing is the same. Oh, it's not the same. I, I, Emerson College in Boston. I don't know Emory, but um, Emerson. Back when I was there... We were really encouraged. Like five years ago. Uh, bless you. <laughs> um, we were really encouraged to like, if we didn't get in a show, you should make your own show and you should make it happen. Mm. So like actually when I was there, it probably is still this way. We were like number one for student produced theater because like there were shows happening all the time. Everyone was doing shows in every single corner of the place. And I didn't know any better. So like after I graduated and I had been doing that, I came to New York and just continued to do that. Um, but not really thinking of myself as like, I'm a producer. It's just like, I wanted to do the show. So I'm going to do the show. And like when you are super young and you're, you have that skill, whether or not you know you do, or if you do want it, you might end up, especially in those, those early times when you're like willing to like go, go be an intern, you know, in this crazy place and check something out, you know, you like go there and people notice if you're smart. (laughs) capable so true and then you end up in a room doing a thing and you end up like helping in a certain capacity and you end up gaining skills and just looking around and like learning how everything works so just by doing that kind of stuff it wasn't so much that I learned like I had kind of a a skill for producing but then learned how to work within a theater company Mm. which is like the other part of producing. <laughs> Say more about that. Well, there's like a whole structure and I had not had any classes in that in undergrad mm. about like how theater companies function, like what all, all the different parts are. So, you know, for me it was like about like decoding this language of like 
how shows get produced in this in this theater company thing because when you're just doing it yourself you're just like I don't know I'm gonna like ask my family for some money and I'm gonna like put the thing on you know (laughs) um so it's but it's like more of a process and I think by being in the room and like being next to people who know what to do I think I think it was just through being around smaller theater companies that I understood and, and like gained more skill and it's just by being observant and sort of mimicking <laughs> certain things and and I've always been like uh if I think I can do it but I don't quite know how to do it then I'm gonna be like yeah I can do that oh, and then I'm, and then I'm gonna figure out how to do the thing you know yeah. but like and and I'll figure it out and if I don't know then I'm gonna ask for help but like but it's all always been like about kind of maybe going a little further than what I'm pretty sure my current skill level is right. and then like stretching to that and and learning from other people and just kind of like absorbing all the knowledge um but like I said if people think you're smart and everything then then they're gonna want you around and you're gonna be able to just like soak it all up I think and I often have told people who um are coming to me being like I really want to be a producer what do I do like there is a benefit to volunteering or interning with big institutions Hmm. it's hard to do like to get those because there's not that many but like if you can there's a benefit to it because you can learn what that looks like but what you're going to be able to do there versus what you might be able to do in a smaller institution like you're probably going to be you're probably going to have more chance to really exercise some skills in a smaller place so like yeah get the experience in the big place be exposed to that and start learning how that language works and how they're organizing things. But do not discount those smaller producing theater companies because people are going to get to know you. Everybody talks. Hmm. And you're going to be able to, like, do more because it's a smaller staff, which means more people have more work. Right. And you're just going to be able to get your hands into real things faster. Um, so I think it's, like, it is quite lovely to be a part of the bigger thing. But I think it's really important to, like be in that smaller space because you're also like going to be around people who are maybe your same level and then you guys will end up growing up together before you even realize it you know like the number of people you came up with who are now like on fucking Broadway sometimes but like we all came up together my goodness yes so mm, yeah I think it's just about like finding finding places that artistically feel really good and learning as much as you can it's hard when you have to support yourself too to figure out how to reconcile the two. Yeah. But that's with anything in theater, I think. Yeah, it really does seem like so many times the answer is just start doing it. Find someone who will let you do it. Volunteer intern. It's like, wow, that is tough advice. Yeah, I started with that intern stuff when I was I was super young, and I wasn't necessarily looking to. It was just that this company in particular I really cared about. And so I was like, I'm going to be there. And the way that they did interning, it was like, come a couple days a week for like four hours. Oh, nice. Okay, I can do that. That makes it more possible. Yeah. And it was like, I don't think that we got paid at all because this was like 2000 something. (laughs) But like, like before 2010, like, like 2006 or 2007 or something. But like, um, but it was super flexible. And there were a few of us and you'd be in the room and you'd do this or that. And you'd get to learn a lot of different aspects of 
what was going on in the theater company, but like you didn't, it wasn't like be there full time, you know? Right. So I had a job and would just go a couple days out of the week when I could. And I just worked my schedule around it. Yeah. And it was more possible. Yeah. And I think like that was really being there in that particular office, like was the seed for many things that came after. Oh, interesting, because that was actually my next question of like, can you point to something in particular, something specific that was like, that is the thing that gave me the tools and the experience and the clout, maybe even to get the like the big job or the actual job? Like, was it that experience with that small theater? Mm, I don't think there's any one particular okay. thing that led me to like, I mean, Everything that I learned from the smaller operations made me very confident um, in my ability and what I did know and what I didn't know, like, for the moment when somebody gave me a chance hmm. in a big place. Um, but I'm not sure it was, like, specifically one little place did, you know, it was like, that was just the first place. Hmm. And so it was really important because it was the first place where sure. I made a lot of re- relationships with made a lot of friendships with a lot of artists and learned a bunch of things and kind of learned what I liked and what I didn't like. And it did lead to some key relationships that would indeed like branch out to important other opportunities. But I don't feel like my path has been super linear. Hmm. So it was like that happened and I got to work with a another like a touring production and produce that you know and figure that out sort of by myself with a with a friend from that theater company okay that you know that did come of it and then I also like produced a show with somebody else from that company like separately Hmm. you know so I had all those experiences those two things didn't necessarily like they, they just like built on each other and then separately from those two I I got an opportunity at another place and but like all of that kind of fed into it gotcha and then through like an insane like lucky stroke um of just happening to have my resume show up in front of someone who could see like through how varied my experience was and be like this girl's a producer Hmm. I want to talk to her Hmm. that's how I like got into like my first big institution was Mm -hmm. like someone wanted to talk to me and when I went to talk to them they you know were like oh yeah you should you should come here and you should do this thing that's amazing so I'm curious how long that time frame was from like the first thing to like the actual like the the big job the like we're gonna pay you to do this like how many years you hustled and um, freelanced and did the other things well I also like to be fair also was like taking other detours in that time sure. like I went to grad school mm. for arts and cultural management oh, okay um which is not about me being a producer so much as being like I need a job with health insurance sure <laughs> yeah and um I figure if I do this then like if I'm not working in theater which is just like hilarious to even imagine that at this point you mm. know I also like held one job out of theater which was a bizarre anomaly in my life and um (laughs) and I also like for a long time as a youngin you know like um worked in costumes as like my day job oh cool 
Um, yeah, because remember, like like many producers, I also like began as a performer. So it was ah. like that. So there's a lot of parallel things happening in my life. But from the time I had that first thing, which was probably it was probably like 2007 ish, 2007, maybe 2008. 2008 might have been when I really like cemented my relationship with that company, uh, the first one. And mm-hmm. then um, before then, I was working a lot of wardrobe and doing whatever. And so like it was 2007, 2008, something like that to let's see. What year is it? Okay. This year, we're in 2019. So it's probably like six or seven years. Yeah. Of like on and off, like I'm working here and I'm doing this thing and I'm interning, like from being that intern, Mm -hmm. apprentice person to like doing this, like, you know, small company to running this particular thing for a few years that did pay, but was, I mean, like my first like paying thing, it wasn't full time. But, like, my first paying thing was probably shorter than that. Right. Um, right. It was part-time, but to produce as my gig um, was maybe, oh, my God, I don't even remember. It must have been, like, f- maybe less, maybe, like, four. Okay. Yeah. Or five. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, like, four or five years. Yes. When was my child born? <laughs> I mean, that feels like a good... Yeah, something like four-ish years till being, like, part-time and to the point where I was, like, actually getting, like, a full-time gig doing the thing was probably about six or seven. It was about six years for me, too, for, like, the full-time producing gig. Right. But, like, you know, had paid gigs doing other things in theater, sometimes full-time, sometimes part-time. But, like, to, until I was like, oh, okay, I'm doing the thing. Mm-hmm. It was about six years. But And so I just have this theory of, like, you know, the folks who maybe leave after three years seems to be – I feel like I'm constantly – this is the thing is I'm constantly running into meeting people or talking to people who are doing who are leaving after three years it Mm -hmm. seems to be like a magic Mm -hmm. again another one of my theories of like if people can make it three years how much longer will they make it in new york um anyway so i just it's one of my like things of like just stay three more years and see what happens totally that that's um yeah that makes a lot of sense although i will also say if somebody does feel like fuck it i need to leave but they want to stay in theater. Like, we also need amazing people in regional theaters. That's true. So, like, you know, if you want to stay in theater but New York is not for you, cool. Because there are other theaters all over this country that yeah. do need, like, awesome people. Yeah. So I'm down with that, too. Yeah, me too. I wouldn't turn it down. Totally. Did you hear that? All the regional, <laughs> regional theaters, theaters out there. of America. <laughs> BJ wouldn't turn it down. I prefer lakefront, so anyone mm-hmm. with a lake in your city, mm-hmm. give me a call. Um, or London. I wouldn't turn London down either. No, who would? Who would turn London down? Amsterdam. Now we're just naming all the cities we'd live in. Just feel free to send us offers. <laughs> yes, we're taking offers from regional theaters. But we also London love our jobs. Amsterdam. We love, we our, love jobs. our jobs. We love we're it here. We're not doing anything. No one's just, going anywhere. I can like, take all of us out. see the offers, <laughs> but we won't. But, but we're so yeah, happy blessed. and fine. Yeah, it's good. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> um, we'll just delete, we'll delete that. I can delete all of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the big elephant, we'll, we'll wrap up soon and let you get, get back to your life of producing and other things. But like, I feel like the big elephant in the room, which no one actually knows because no one's in the room with us right mm-hmm. now because they're listening. Mm-hmm. And also we've had a lovely conversation, so there's no real elephant in the room. So it's really just a silly phrase that I use is the fact that you have two children. I do. And like that is um, extraordinary in and of itself. Um, I have no children, as in case anyone is wondering what the, the breakdown is here in the room. <laughs> uh, Nydia 2. Nydia 2. BJ 0. zero. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's but a really the big winner? question. That's the oh, question. I don't know. On any <laughs> given day, I think it would be one or the other. Yeah, I'm Silly. saying it goes back and forth. It does. Because, like, on Sunday, I slept in, had yeah. brunch, took you a had bath. You had a weekend. You had a weekend. But then, like, I you went have to my other job. young people who, like, tell you that they they're love cute. you and hug you. And yeah, they're cute. Might, like, it's, give you grandchildren. Husband, husband's not the same in that way. Because they're cute, cute, but different. Differently cute. <laughs> and, like, definitely don't think you can do no wrong for a time. Like, they're just like, you're flawed. I love you, but you are flawed. Like, don't see me. And children are those children? Children are like, oh my God, you're amazing. (laughs) Well, for now. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, I am. Short answer, yes. I have two kids. How? Like, genuinely how? The usual way. But then also... Um, Could you go into details? <laughs> you kidding. know how it kidding. goes. How it um, really is so like it does not seem yeah. conducive to producer life. Yeah, to theater life. To theater, um, sure. Well, my um, the plus in some ways is that my husband is a musician, which means he works a lot from home. Um, he does do a lot, like many professional musicians, he does do a lot of teaching lessons to people, like as, um, like a steady stream of income while you're like gigging here or there, you know, like you still need that, that kind of steady thing. I, I know a lot of jazz musicians, musicians in particular do a lot of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does do that, but there's a lot of other moments in the day where like, yes, maybe he is composing this time or this time, but he works from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and our kids are like very close to our home most of the time um they're six and three so one is in school now and one is in daycare i mean like daycare is major (laughs) that's a huge part of it um okay and for me it was you know like everybody has the way that they raise their kids everyone does the best they can absolutely for us daycare is important and good like our kids do well there. It's good for them. They had their, you know, friends. They learn to deal with other people. Mm-hmm. And they, they're they very, they've grown to be quite confident and lovely humans. You can do that by raising them at home too. But right. this works for us. Right. Um, I think every version of momming is hard. Yeah. But I just try to be like as... Um, uncompromisingly like visually parenting as possible so like if I'm not expecting to come in on a weekend or if I am in on a weekend for something um and I need my kids to be there then they're gonna be there Mm. and if I am in tech and I haven't seen my kids for a couple days um Robert my husband and I tend to like go okay we're in tech you know I put that on our family calendar and then I go like, okay, after a couple days, you know, on this day, 
come with the kids. We're going to have dinner. Oh, nice. And then, like, we just make the time to be there and be in the lobby or sitting out in front of the theater or wherever eating. Like, you know, I'll order, like, Shake Shack or something. It'll be delivered right about the time they show up. We'll eat dinner. It'll be very stressful. They'll, you know, act like animals. And they'll be insane and, like, but we'll have been together. Yeah. Um, And they, like, by that, you know, have, like, grown up in some cool-ass places and some cool theaters. And they think they own every theater they walk into. Oh, that's awesome. Um, So it's just, like, part of their lives. And I just try to have them around. And um, there's another thing. And, like, when I'm home, I'm home with them. Okay. So sometimes I do have to choose between, like, going to see more theater Mm. or, like, doing an extra project and them. Um, but like if it wasn't them stressing me out, it'd be something else. So sure. yeah. no, <laughs> it's just point. the choice you make. It's hard. Yeah. And I try to like support other moms a lot and be like, Hey guys, I work in theater and I'm exhausted <laughs> <laughs> because I'm also a parent. So if you're feeling exhausted, Good job. You're you're a real <laughs> human being and I see you and let's all support each other. That's I've never great. really run into a theater that that hasn't been supportive, but sometimes because theater doesn't inherently or a lot of workplaces don't inherently like just naturally have they're not they're not naturally been built for people with families. Right. So you have to like invent some shit. Yeah. Or just be like um like when I was at another place where I'd be in tech um, I was, I realized I could be in tech in the afternoon or whatever, leave for the dinner break, go home, be there for dinner and hang out time. And then at bedtime, when they would go upstairs to bed, I would come back. Oh, wow. And do the night session for tech. Wow. You know, and maybe be like half an hour late, but like there's other people on the team they can cover for me, like whatever needs to happen. Yeah. Um, I just try to make space for it. Just making it work. Yeah. And just also, again, trying to be really visible. Like, I love that. Like, here are the kids. I'm having a meeting with these artists. Over the weekend, my friend who works in the same theater as me is, like, babysitting my baby and my three-year-old in the office downstairs. And then, you know, maybe they're screaming. Maybe that happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> While we're having this meeting. And yeah. then, like... And then, but it's like, it's just part of life. I think the more that you're visible, the more like you're just making space for other people to have kids. And the more people that feel like they can do that in theater, the more things will shift to like accommodate it. Absolutely. But you just, you know, I have friends where I am. And so I ask for help. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm tired. <laughs> I also don't sleep sometimes. Thank you for admitting that. I'm very tired. That you are tired. Oh yeah. I also learned after I had my second kid that I it's really hard to parent two kids if you don't drink coffee. Mm. So sometimes I drink coffee now. <laughs> but in the afternoon when I'm really falling asleep, then I'll then sometimes I will drink coffee. That also is how I do it. That's the secret. Yeah. It's yeah. The coffee. No, I appreciate that. And I totally agree with you. I love what you're saying about making it visible. Yeah. And, and like, I try to make it also the hard parts visible, I think is important. Yeah. Um, so then people, I've had people come to me before and be like, thank you so much. You know, like you're, I don't think they're right to consider me like some kind of inspiration, but like 
the idea that they look and go like, okay, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. Yeah. Is like that is really all that I'm hoping to do. That is real. Is just be like, just, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like they have to sacrifice other things they want, like kids or something, to like have what they want in their careers. Right. Or the other way around, sacrifice their careers to have the thing that they want for their family. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That both of those things happen. Totally. And, you know, like, it always annoys me when, like, dudes, nobody asks dudes how they have it all when they have kids. Hmm. Um, And they work. Yeah. You know? But, like, they always, like, it's always a thing. Yeah. Um, So, like, I'm going to just have it all. (laughs) (laughs) Just like every dude who has a kid has it all. I will also do it. Thank you. (laughs) But a a partner who is very supportive is really helpful. And we trade off too. Like he did a show actually at Tafana before I worked here. Oh, cool. Um, He got an offer to be a musician um, in one of the Shakespeare shows that they did a few years ago. And he came to me and was like, oh, can I do this? Like, it's going to mean I'm not here for, you know, weeks. And I was like, yes, of course. If you want to do it, do it. And then like, oh, that's a direct hit with my tech. Cool. So, <laughs> so okay, I know I can be here for X, Y, and Z. Here's where the overlap is. Calling my mom. Wow. So you are producing mom. the family. Oh, yeah. I mean, motherhood and producing are basically the same skill set. Oh. Yeah. Everyone listening, if you want to know what producing is, how to become one, what the skill set is. Similar to motherhood. Similar to motherhood. Yeah. It's very similar to parenting. Amazing. Yeah. Same I wonder thing. you're great at both. So great. So great. I never make mistakes. <laughs> it's so no, great to not. be me. <laughs> is there anything that I haven't asked or that you want to say before we wrap up, Nydia? Mm. No. Looking forward to like um, seeing what everyone thinks of producing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a silly Producing is just this crazy thing. If you want to do it, good, because there we always need to have more people who can make it happen. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Nydia, so much for being here. This has been another episode of Backstage at Brick, a special edition talking to Nydia Medina from Theater for a New Audience, also known as Tafana, the associate producer and director of the studio over there, part of the Downtown Brooklyn Arts Alliance. I'm your host, BJ Evans, and I will catch you next time on another episode of Backstage at Brick. Thank you so much for listening. 